well, good morning. Uh, my name is Grant. Uh, thankful to be here with you guys on this uh, rainy day, on this rainy weekend that we've been having, and also rainy week ahead. I just want to real quick thank the worship team for leading us in worship faithfully each Sunday. Love what you guys do leading us in truth with those songs, and leading us in worship. Uh, today we're going to be looking at chapter 11 from the book of Numbers. Um, chapter 11 is about complaining, whining, and grumbling. And all the people just smiled right now, right? <laughs> like I'm sure you're thinking right now, why didn't we just stay in bed? I mean, really. Uh, but this morning, chapter 11 deals with complaining, grumbling, and whining. But look, we've all done it. Uh, a child whines about uh, wanting to watch their favorite show, wanting some ice cream or for a new toy. An adult whines about watching their favorite show for some ice cream and for a new toy, right? Right? But seriously, we've all done it. We've all been there. Uh, we complain and grumble and whine about the weather. Uh, we uh, want a lot of snow. It ends up snowing too much. Uh, we want the roads to get fixed, but we don't like the construction that comes with it. There's a lot of problems that come with that. Uh, we um, uh, sometimes complain, whine, and grumble about family, about friends, about our bodies. Um, I feel like uh, once you start getting uh, up around 30 years of age, like, it seems like every few years your body just decides, hey, this isn't going to be working anymore. And it just doesn't tell you. All of a sudden you just, this back hurts or like that leg hurts or something like that. Um, the Razorbacks, right? Um, our jobs, that fish that got away. Sometimes we complain, whine, and grumble about the way our favorite TV show ended. We didn't like the way it ended. And then sometimes we even complain when a package arrives in three days instead of two. <laughs> like the world we live in. I mean, it's crazy to think the things we can complain about. Um, and there's never a shortage of those things. Um, and so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning, uh, what the Israelites went through. Uh, but it's important that we clarify what we're talking about this morning when we look at complaining, grumbling, and whining. And there's no harm in stating facts or expressing your feelings. Uh, the book of Psalms is full of that. It contains content um, uh, and expressions of difficult uh, circumstances. And we see that in the Psalms of Lament. Complaining speaks against God and shows our heart isn't trusting God in the moment. While honesty simply says, I'm trusting God with this and I'm bringing it before God. And when we come to God first, it is us saying, I'm coming before God before I bring this problem to anywhere, anything, or anyone else. It's us trusting God. Uh, we've all done it. Sometimes we call it different things. Sometimes we call it venting. Sometimes we call it, I'm just getting something off my chest. I'm just trying to be honest. Or sometimes even in the form of a prayer request <laughs> that we can do this and take part in this. Whatever you want to call it, the Word of God talks about it. And this morning we're just going to look at what it says and we're going to apply it to our lives. I uh, invite you to go ahead and turn to Numbers chapter 11, whether you're using a copy of God's Word in your hand, you can find one under the seat. If you're watching from home or online or sitting here this morning, you can also use a tablet, device, whatever it is you use to read the Word of God. I invite you to turn to Numbers chapter 11. Uh, while you are doing that, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is going to be up on the screen. Uh, Paul writes in reference to the book of Numbers here in 1 Corinthians 
and, and what the Israelites in the wilderness went through. He says in verse 6 here, these things happened, these things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. In verse 7, it says, or worship idols as some of them did. Continue with me in verse 11. It says, these things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. So when we walk through the book of Numbers, as we go through this series, we learn from the Israelites for our benefit as an example to us that we can use this in our lives. Uh, read with me uh, Numbers chapter 11, uh, verses 1, 2, and 3. Uh, verse 1 says, soon, soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them. And he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. Now verse 2 says, Then the people screamed to Moses for help. And when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. After that, the area was known as Tabera, which means place of burning, because fire from the Lord had burned among them there. Uh, so a couple weeks ago, um, uh, Pastor Nick talked about uh, Numbers chapter 9. A week before that, uh, Pastor Keaton talked about Numbers chapter 6, <clears throat> about blessings. Uh, Nick in chapter 9 talked about cloud and fire, how the Israelites were being led through the wilderness by the Spirit of God. And as we see them being led by the cloud and fire, uh, they have just left camp. They start complaining about how hard things are, about their hardships. And we should note here that there were some hardships that they were going through. A lot like what we deal with today, difficult circumstances that we deal with today, whether it be illness, loneliness, tough jobs, unemployment, and the list goes on and on and on. And so we can see here that they were going through hardships as we go through hardships. But they complained. And we're seeing them speak against God, not trusting him. Uh, notice what it says in verse 2. It says, then the people screamed to Moses for help. Not come to God for help, but they screamed to Moses. And when he prayed to the Lord, the fire stopped. It was when Moses prayed and came before God that the fire stopped. Complain, complaining, simply put, is a heart disease. It takes hold of its host, it infects, and it has the ability to spread. Look at a person's words to see where their heart is. Are they trusting God or are they trusting their circumstances? Uh, continue reading me, uh, with me Numbers chapter 11, verses 4, 5, and 6. Verse 4 says, Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. And the people of Israel also began to complain, Oh, for some meat, they exclaimed. Verse 5 says, we remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. But now our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. All we ever see is this manna. They begin to complain. God sends a fire because of their complaining. The fire stops because Moses prays to God, and they're at it again. They're at it again. Verse 4 says this rabble, uh, your version may say riffraff. Uh, this is in reference to, we see in uh, Numbers chapter 9, verse 14, God references the foreigners living among the Israelites. If you go back to uh, Exodus chapter 12, when the Israelites left Egypt, when they were fleeing 
Pharaoh, uh, it speaks that there is a mixed multitude, meaning non-Israelites that were traveling with them. So we have the Israelite camp, but we also have some foreigners traveling with them. And that's what it's referring to, this rabble, this riffraff, who do not know God as the Israelites know God. And they begin to complain, but it affects the other Israelites as well. So here we see them, they're craving meat, they're complaining. They say, oh, for some meat, like a super-duper meat lover's pizza. Like, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, I, I enjoy having a protein with my meal as much as, the, as much as the next person. But it's just not the food that they're missing. They're also thinking about their time in Egypt when they had free fish, when they had all these free foods among them. They begin to be... Uh, they begin asking God to be back in Egypt where they were treated terribly as slaves. And so a year removed from slavery in Egypt, and they're already ready to go back. They're already ready to go back a year removed from slavery. And so how quickly we can forget how good we have it. When, when we may find ourselves complaining or whining or grumbling or longing for this or longing for that, just to stop and realize where we've been and how good we have it right now, how good God has been good to us and how good God is good to us. Uh, verse 6 says, the people complain about the manna and how it is all that they see, that their appetite is gone. Uh, back in uh, Exodus chapter 6, the Israelites were, you guessed it, complaining. They're complaining about food to eat, and God provides for them. He, he provides food raining down from heaven, this bread from heaven called manna. It's like a fine uh, flake-like uh, crust substance. It would kind of uh, resemble frost on the ground, and it would cover the ground uh, every night, kind of as dew falls in the morning. Every time the Israelites woke up in the morning, this manna would be provided and laying on the ground for them, and they were told and instructed on how to go out and collect it. Well, they're getting to a point where they have food, but they don't like it. And so how human is that, right? They have food, but they don't like it. Now, Numbers 11, verse 9, we see the author goes on to describe about actually how good it tasted. He said it would have been like pastries baked with olive oil. It had a sweet taste to it. And so it tasted good, but they're getting tired of it. They're getting fed up with it. And they begin to complain about this food. They let their stomachs get the better of them. We see Esau do this in Genesis chapter 25. Nothing good comes of it. Esau's decision was on the basis of his physical need, his hunger, as opposed to paying attention and realizing how God could use him if he would trust God to play a role in God's plan. But he doesn't do that. He lets his hunger get the better of him. Uh, so do any of you guys know what the word uh, manna means in Hebrew? M-A-N-N-A. -N -N -A. It's going to be up on the screen. The, the word manna is derived from the Hebrew words uh, man and who, meaning what is it? Because when they saw this substance, they didn't know what it was, and so they just gave it the name, what is it? That was their response to seeing it, and that's the name they gave it. And so has anyone out here ever ate a what is it? Anybody out there? Like you, you like go to go eat somewhere, and you look at, at, at what's on the table, and you're like, what is that? Uh, there's going to be a couple pictures on the screen. This first one here, anybody know what this is? Yeah, turducken. Yeah, turducken. A uh, chicken inside a duck inside a turkey with stuffing, right? I mean, that's, that's some meat right there for you. Uh, you throw in some uh, cr uh, cream cheese, jalapenos, and wrap that thing in bacon, and you're speaking my love language right there, okay? But that's what the Israelites would have wanted. They would have wanted some meat right there. So that's a turducken. Uh, what about this next one? Anybody know this one? 
Uh, it's called olive loaf, a bread where the loaf of bread is laced with whole olives right here. I'm trying to teach my children the way of righteousness and to stay on the narrow path and not eat olives. Y'all can pray for my wife because she's not on that path. But, man, olives, I just, I just can't stand them. I do not like them. Uh, but if you've ever had cafeteria food at a summer camp, you've probably ate a what is it. Um, but how, how fitting for the Israelites that the food that God provided for them, the manna, translates to what is it. When I was reading this, I felt like it may be more appropriate to call it something that translates to God provides or God answers. In a time where they were in need and God provides for them, their response to naming it is just simply, what is it? It's not a name to praise God. And so how often do we do the same when God provides for us? When we look at what God has given us and we say, what is this? This? This is what you're giving me? This is not what I prayed for. This is not what I asked for. This is what you've given us. And instead, we should respond with, God provides. God answers. And so God miraculously provided this food to teach his people total dependence on him. Manna represented the word of God, which is even more essential to life than food itself. But the Israelites were not satisfied with it. And Matthew 4, verse 4 is going to be up on the screen. Jesus goes into the wilderness. He's tempted by the devil. And here he says, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word, of, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And if only this group of people in the wilderness would have been able to hold on to that truth and understand this, the story would have been much, much different. Uh, and little did the Israelites know that this manna, this food, was something they were going to be eating their entire journey through the wilderness for 40 years. For 40 years, they eat what is it. But thankfully, it wouldn't be too long. Until Jesus would come for you and for me as the true bread of heaven. Uh, in the following verses, we see the Israelites are described as whining about their food. They're complaining. They're still grumbling. And then, how we talked about earlier, complaining can spread. It can lead to others complaining. He pleads his case. Moses does. In verse 12, it's going to be up here on the screen. He says, why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? What an illustration here for us. Mallory, our HC Kids director, they just got to welcome home her and her husband, Cole. Her and her husband, Cole, just got to welcome home Emmett, sweet baby boy. But it's straining, it's stressful to have to take care of a newborn. And that's what Moses is comparing this to, dealing with these people. Uh, verse 13, he says, where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? Verse 14, he says, the load is far too heavy. Verse 15, if this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me, do me a favor, and spare me this misery. You hate to see anybody think that way. The Bible calls Moses the man of God. You see that in Joshua 14, Ezra chapter 3, also in Deuteronomy chapter 33. And Moses was mighty in his words and his deeds. 
Uh, he's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 as being a hero of our faith in the hall of faith. But he has a moment of weakness here. Complaining can cause others to start complaining. Moses complains to God. God becomes angry. It effects and infects those around us. And we have to be careful with it. Moses was God's man, and we see him affected by their complaining. So God responds here in the next several verses to finish off chapter 11. God does a few things here. First, he tells Moses uh, to gather 70 men to help bear the burden of the people. God says, the same spirit I have sent and have placed on upon you, I will share it with these other men, and these men will share in the burdens of the people. Uh, next, he goes on to say, I will send meat in the form of quail, a sweet meat to those people in that area. And he says, I will send quail for a whole month to provide meat for them. And lastly, because of the complaining, grumbling, and whining, God sends a plague. He struck them with a severe plague, and that place is called Kibroth Hateava, which means graves of gluttony. Because it was there they buried the people who had craved the meat from Egypt. And so Israel makes its mark on the map two separate times. Because of their sin. They put their own sin on the map. Place of burning, Tibera, and place called Graves of Gluttony. Because of their complaining, whining, and grumbling. So, great story this morning, right? On a rainy day, just something to get our spirits lifted. But here's the thing. There's a couple takeaways I want us to leave here this morning. Uh, there's going to be two points. Remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says these things are written down as a warning to us, as an example to us, that we don't have to fall into the same trap, the same pits that the Israelites did, that we can take heed and put the Word of God into practice, live it out, and use them as a warning to us. Point number one, complaining is dangerous. It's dangerous. Like I said earlier, it's a heart disease. It takes hold of its host. It spreads. It infects. Complaining is dangerous whether it's directed towards God or directed towards other people. Just look at a person's mouth to see where their heart is. Our mouths bleed what's in our heart. Your words show the status of your heart. Complaining is a heart issue, and it's one of trust. Who are we trusting are we trusting God or are we trusting our circumstances? And so we see the Israelites complain about their hardship. God punishes. A group among them, the rabble, the riffraff, begins to complain and gets others riled up. The Israelites begin to complain. God punishes. They're not trusting God. They're trusting their circumstances. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 15, uh, Paul writes this. It's going to be up on the screen for you guys. It says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that you, excuse me, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Verse 14 says, do everything. Like everything, like seriously, like everything I do, I need to stop my complaining and arguing. Everything. That means your marriage. It means when you talk to your children. It means when you talk to your family members. It means when you talk to your coworkers. When you say that you're venting or just being honest or sharing a prayer request. 
means when you gather to worship, when, when we are outside of this building, being the church, living out what God has called us to do, when you're talking to God, when you're praying to God, don't complain. And when it comes to complaining, uh, just being honest with you guys, um, I feel like I'm very, very experienced on it. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, 14 through 16 is a verse that I've had to, to memorize and put into practice. The way I memorized it is that Philippians 2, 14 through 16 says, Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe holding out the word of life. I've had to quote that passage way too many times. Because I find myself wanting to complain, grumble, whine, and argue way too many times. But it's a passage I've had to memorize to help me to abstain from that because God's word says so. And I have to work on my heart, work on my attitude, and realize that God has told us to abstain from these things. And so I work to do everything without complaining or arguing. I'm not perfect, and I'm trying. So if you ever want to quote that verse to me, come on with it. Just to help me out. I want to help you guys out as well. The Israelites believed if they could have a say in their situation, if God would just do what they wanted to do, if God would just do it their way, they would be better off. And so when we grumble and complain, it's dangerous. And we lose perspective. It distorts our perception of what's happening and who is in control. Our complaining can be contagious. And so just think about that. that your complaining can affect and infect those around you. Be careful. Complaining is dangerous, and we need to stay away from it. So if complaining is dangerous, how do I stay away from it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Point number two, we see complaining is dangerous. Point number two is trust God, very simply put, that we need to trust God. And one command God often gave the Israelites was remember. Uh, he tells them time and time again to remember his commands, remember his teachings, remember the things that he has done. If they would just remember Abraham when he went to sacrifice his son Isaac, that God provided a sacrifice. And it was there that Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide, proclaiming God and what he had done, Jehovah Jireh. And it always blows my mind when I, I look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, just how often people have to be reminded, how often people have to be reminded of what all God can do. They have to be reminded of who he is time and time again. But oh, how quick I can be just like them and forget who our God is. May we not have to be reminded. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 2 and verses 3. It's going to be up on the screen. I ask you guys to read along with me. It says, verse 2, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Verse 3 says, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna of food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word. We live by every word. We live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. I, I love this quote from uh, Priscilla Shiver. It says, The spirit 
of complaint is born out of an unwillingness to trust God with today. Like the Israelites, it means you are spending your time looking back toward Egypt or wishing for the future, all the while missing what God is doing right now. We get caught up in the here and now. We look back to the past. We long for the future. We become discontent in their present. We're upset with where we are at. But as we see in Deuteronomy chapter 8, that God is working. God is humbling us. God is testing us. God is teaching us. And God is preparing us for what's to come. And please know, in no way, shape, or form, that I say that it's easy during that. I wish it was. We see how they went through hardships. We see how they went through difficult times, through hard times. And I wish I could say it's easier, that I could make it easy for you, but sometimes it's just not. But when we look at the Word of God, we see that God is working. He's humbling us. He's testing us. He's teaching us. He's preparing us for what's to come. We need to trust God. When they remembered all that God had done for them, they could more easily trust Him with their future. When they were reminded of what God had done for them, they could see their future more clearly because it was in the perspective of God's, not of their own. When we look to our past, we need to remind ourselves of all the ways God has provided for us, of all the ways God has delivered us, that we learn through our own history that he has never failed us and that we can trust him. May we do everything without complaining and arguing. May we trust God. The Israelites' faith was in their circumstances, not their God. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6, a popular proverb a lot of you guys may, may know and have memorized, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. It can be so hard for me, and I believe it's so hard for us sometimes, to not lean on our own understanding. That we want what we think is best for us. We want what's best for us to happen. And we too often lean on our own understanding, not trusting God. We think our ways are best, but that is trusting in our way and not in God's way. Faith is trusting in the character of God before we see how he is going to work things out. He has given us his word and his promises still stand. Complaining is dangerous and we need to trust God so when you find yourself complaining stop and trust God Charles Spurgeon said as long as a man is alive and out of hell he cannot have any cause to complain and that's something I need to be reminded daily of just how good our Lord has been to us. We need to realize complaining is dangerous, and we need to trust God. So this morning, I'm going to give you guys a number of ways to respond. Uh, Maybe you find yourself complaining a lot these days. Maybe it's using Scripture to put it to memory, to put it into practice, to realize you have to stop. You have to stop effecting and infecting 
yourself, and those around you. <clears throat> Maybe you struggle having the right attitude in difficult circumstances. Yeah, you struggle having the right attitude and finding joy in the midst of what you're going through. Um, there's a number of things that we try to fix this. There's a number of things we try to, to have the solution to this. A lot of times it's, hey, uh, I got a raise, finally debt-free, finally got a new ride, I'm married now, got into a new house, hey, that's going to fix all the problems. But the simple answer is for us to just trust God. And maybe for you today, that you've never actually made that step or that decision to trust God with your life. For the believers sitting out here, we understand the hope that we have in and through Jesus and Jesus alone. But for you that does not know that, we just want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning that Jesus has saved us. God sent his one and only son for you, that we are all sinners, that Christ died for us, and that if we were to simply believe in Jesus and Jesus alone, that you can be saved. You can accept this free gift that God gives us through his son and receive eternal life in and through Jesus alone. I invite you to trust God. Uh, you're going to have a chance to respond at a Connect Corner. Uh, we invite you uh, to talk to somebody. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, want to talk about what it means to follow Jesus, even if you just want to talk to somebody about, hey, I struggle with complaining. I need help because I've been there, and I want to help you. Your pastors want to help you. The person sitting beside you wants to help you because it can affect and infect your marriage, your coworkers' relationships, your family's relationships, and you. And we want to see you follow Jesus. Also, for your first-time guests this morning, we invite you to go back to the Connect Corner. We love just to get to know you, give you a gift this morning, Connect card. We invite you to fill that out, whether you're online or here in person. And also, take action. And we realize complaining is dangerous, and we need to put an end to it. And may we trust God. May we do everything without complaining and arguing. And trust God, not our circumstances. Father, we come before you, God, thanking you for this example we see in the Israelites, thanking you for the lessons we can learn from them, God, as they are a warning to us. The Israelites sinned and they were punished. And may we take heed of this warning to watch our words and to trust you. God, help us, strengthen us, may your spirit move, and may we be the people of God you have called us to be. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.